welcome to Writing Easy, the podcast that tries to help writers and other creatives <sighs> take it easy. I'm one of your hosts, Mary Mascari. And I'm your other host, Melissa Long. Well, see, now we've got lots of time to write, right? That's the idea. <laughs> That's it. Write, research, create, at home, safe and sound. Yeah, with your children running around and trying to work and but no no if this is if you can write right yeah it's helpful but if you can't write you can read that's probably the next most important thing but now melissa you had some thoughts about that about about how to read i think it's important to know how to read when you're a writer <laughs> <laughs> yes that is the first step that is the very first step learn the language know how to read um <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, you're just an oral storyteller, which is fine. It's just a different. <laughs> it's a lot of harder. You, it's a lot harder to go viral. Uh, Especially these days. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I, I came across this because one of the pieces of advice that I was often given and still am given and I give others is, well, if you want to be a writer, if you want to write TV, you want to write film, you want to write books, you need to read and read everything and read all kinds of content. And I think a lot of people take that and they hear that and they think, oh, I just need to like get a bunch of books and just read as much as I can, but they don't know what to do with it. So they're only reading for that sort of entertainment level or that inspirational level of like, I want to be inspired or I want to learn about this topic because that might help me think about my own story. And they don't go deeper and do like a real critical analysis of the stories that they're reading and the content that they're consuming. So I wanted to spend some time yeah. talking about that, like how to do the critical analysis so that you get the most out of what you're reading. That's a, that's a great thing. I think that there's a level, right, of just like, if nothing else, just read. Because I, I know for me, I feel like I kind of take those in and sometimes I end up hearing the voices and that kind of helps me, but that only goes so far. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that you have to do this with everything, every project that you're looking or every book that you're reading. But, um, you know, Occasionally, especially when you get a book that you really love or you really despise, it's really helpful mm -hmm. then to go back and do a more critical analysis to understand why. Why did you fall in love with that book? Why can you reread it every year over and over again and have a different experience with it? It's a great learning experience. It's like you have a shelf full of writing teachers right there in your house or in your library. You can just look at how they do it. It's like when uh, painters do this, right? They'll, you'll, you can look at a painting, but then they will copy the master, right? You'll, you'll copy a master painting. And in doing so, you get a deeper understanding of how the story is put, or how the story, how the painting is put together. And I think it's a similar process for what you're talking about. Yeah, I think it is. So what do we do? How do we do this thing? Well, I think first it starts with choosing the right book or the right source to read and study. Yeah. And so like if you're in the middle of a project and you're stuck or you're about to go through the editing or revision stage, like I like to choose books and material that is similar in tone or similar to some kind mm -hmm. of challenge that I'm facing. So if I'm struggling with world building, I may ask my friends or my writing group, like what are the best examples of books or authors who are doing world building out there? And I will take those 10 books and study them or those five books or those five scripts and study them. So it's a little bit easier if you have an objective or a purpose at the beginning for something that you're trying Absolutely. to 
um, improve upon or learn from. Yeah, I'm writing in a new genre, uh, and I have been doing this with mystery books. I'm trying to write a, a mystery for the first time, and so I'm just taking, yeah, every time I read a mystery book, and I'm reading a lot of them, I'm, I'm reading it very carefully in a very different way than I would any, just for fun. Now, do you, do you do your analysis as you read, like, or do you read through and then go back and then do, like, more analysis? I do it as I read. I'm the opposite. <laughs> I Mostly I'm the opposite because I want to do a pass for just entertainment and just, mm -hmm. like, get lost in the story. And in those types of reading, I'm really fast and sometimes I'm skimming words and skipping through things. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I want to know what the experience is for the reader before I start oh, to idea. do the analysis. So if I have the time and the capacity in the space, I will read through twice um, or I'll do like I'll listen to it on audiobook first ah. for entertainment because that also helps click off the internal editor piece. Um, and then I can make notes or I might bookmark something that's like, oh, this was really exciting or funny. I'll just put a bookmark there. And then I'll read through it for the analysis. Oh, that's a good idea. I like the, I like the audiobook idea because it's just a different vibe. Yeah. So. All right. So we're gonna. So we listen to it. We, we we read it once for fun. We go, wow, that was really great. Maybe maybe taking note of how we felt in different times. You know, just kind of notice. That I was very excited at this part. This was my favorite part. This was my least favorite part. Whatever. Yeah, exactly. Like you're doing the reading for sort of general reflection and general entertainment purposes and noting what you liked, what you didn't, um, maybe even starting to create like the summary of the book in your head so you understand how the plot flows and the basic logistics. Uh, I feel like this is the kind of information that you see on like Goodreads or Amazon reviews or like movie reviews. Like these are the like high level summaries that people say like, oh, you should watch this because X. Like that's the kind of reflection that I think happens first. But the deeper reflection to me is when you start to ask why, like why did this feel like it was dragging on or why um, did I love this character or loathe this character or get really scared at this scene? And so then it sounds like you would maybe focus on those scenes that had the greatest impact on you or are more like the part that you're struggling with right now, um, you know, target or whatever it is you're looking for, then look closely at that element. I haven't done it that, like, I usually don't do it scene by scene because usually the things okay. that I'm looking for are much bigger, right? So they're like character development. If I fall in love with a character um, or a cast of characters, then I want to understand mm -hmm all of the different elements about like how they shaped this character and what are the scenes and the moments that are, that stand out to me, but also like, what is it about the details or the experiences that I got to um, engage in, I guess, as a reader mm -hmm. with that character that made me feel like, Oh, we're friends. Like I want to continue to see a yeah. story with them after this book. Yeah. So you're, you're still focusing on it, but you're, you're looking more high level. Usually. Usually. <laughs> And I, what I have tended to do is either, like for this last time, I wanted to kind of understand how clues were, how they were hidden, how they were misdirected, and how they were revealed. Like when, when we, did we learn what? So I read a few mystery books and plotted out, in this scene, this was revealed. In this scene, this was revealed. And in doing that, I, you know, I got a picture of, Okay, look, it, it was good because I think maybe that's why I did it the first time 
you know, it's the first time through because I, then I didn't know the ending, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't revealed. So I'm writing down things that, like, here's what I learned. Here's what I learned. Here's what I learned without a, a, a filter of, oh, is this important or not? And so then I was able to um, go back and highlight the things that were important and the things that weren't without being spoiled the first time through. And it, yeah, it really helped me see a different way what was going on. Yeah, I love that. I do that. I do something a little similar to that with uh, when I'm reading scripts, mm-hmm. because a lot of TV scripts have an A, B, and C plot, and it's pretty obvious which one is which. Like the main characters are usually your A plot, and you may have supporting casts that are doing a B and C plot. Um, and so I will, as I'm reading through, like try to identify what's the A, B, and C plot arc for that story. And then I will go back and then look at each scene. And I will say like, which scenes um, are tied to the A plot and how are they spaced throughout the actual script? So how much content, how much time is it taking up in each of the acts? And that also helps because I think a lot of people just watch TV, not realizing that you don't have to have a script to break down the story. You can still do these same things by watching TV and pausing it and noting what's happening in each act and trying to figure out, okay, what was the arc that they were trying to tell? What's the A, B, and C plot? And you can start to replicate that. And if you do it with the same TV show multiple times, you will find their pattern. So I would say, don't do it with a show that you love and you don't want to be spoiled. But um, if you want to do it with like shows like Lost that have been out for years, it's very clear. You can see the pattern pretty quickly after a few episodes. And then it helps you be able to write and like mimic that style. Yeah, obviously in some ways it's kind of a bummer, right? Because you've kind of breaking the magic of the thing that you you love you love books which is why you want to write books um or you love television which is why you want to write for television or movies or whatever so in one way it's kind of a bummer that you're breaking it but on the other hand it's also very freeing because you can see the mechanics and you kind of see that it's not magic it's just work and okay well that i understand that i can do as opposed to well i don't know they just do it it just comes out so I think that can also be very encouraging if you're feeling frustrated or scared or, or upset to to do that, to just break it down. Even if you're not looking for something specific, just to kind of see h- how do they do it. I think you'll you'll learn things and I think it might demystify it a little bit. Yeah, it's so fascinating to me. And I always, you know, you always see like on TV, like the engineer, the computer scientist person who like gets some gadget and he pulls it apart and he's like playing with all these pieces. And I'm like, to me, that's magic. I don't understand anything. If I took something apart, it would never get back together. But there's a part of me that feels that way about story and books and writing because I love to pull things apart and see how they're working and then put it back together in a different way. Or it's just... It's always so much more intentional than what you think if you're just observing on this sort of entertainment level, mm-hmm. <laughs> that there's so yeah. many little hidden Easter eggs and tricks and techniques that are very deliberate that are being used that um, are just waiting for you to find them if you take enough time to look. Oh, absolutely. And then you can irritate people by predicting what's going to happen. Exactly. <laughs> Because I'm like, oh no, that's the bad guy. What? How do you? No, it's the bad guy. Yeah, it's right there. Like, I was right. See, well, how'd you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so we were talking. So far, we've been talking about doing this very high level. You can also do this at a very granular, close-up level, 
Um, so we've kind of creating a big map of the thing, but you can also get in real close and look at like a paragraph and see how the language goes. Now, you can't do this for every author because some authors are more into deep language than others. But, you know, it, this is good, I think, for later uh, revisions as you're going through uh, you know, polishing it up and making it look pretty and stuff like that or sound pretty. Go through some some masters and analyze their sentences and see how they put them together. It's it's amazing. It's, again, the sort of thing you don't notice if you're just reading, but when you need to learn something, it's there as a, as a good help, as an example. Yeah, it's very powerful. It's, it's interesting to look at the cadence of the sentence structure, mm -hmm. to look at the dialogue, like how... Um, how are they building Carolop, a, ca a character through the dialogue? And what's the mm -hmm. flow and the cadence of those exchanges? How many pages does it take? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then the last thing you can do is look for, again, there's some specific part of a scene or part of a thing that you don't know how to do. Like, I need to do a death scene. All right, let me look at a bunch of death scenes and see how they do it. Or I need to do... Um, I don't know, whatever kind of thing. I need to introduce a, a backstory. All right, how, let's look at a, another story that has that. How did they do it? And if you do a bunch of them, you can kind of get an idea of what some of the, the techniques are. My one word of caution here <laughs> yeah. is that, and this happened to me this week, so it's real-time example, uh -oh. uh, is that... Ripped from the headlines. <laughs> Ripped from the headlines. Is that you can use this as a procrastination tool. <laughs> so be careful. And my example was I am working on a um, spec script, which is a script of an existing TV show. And um, I'm doing Outlander. I've read the first book. There are several books. Um, I don't have access to the scripts for this season. And so I was like, maybe I'll just read the book. Well, it turns out the book is uh, a thousand pages for the, for the yeah. one that I'm looking at, which is the fifth book, uh, The Fiery Cross. And I was like, hmm, it's 55 hours in audio. And I'm like, I could listen to all of this and do like a critical analysis, but I really don't need that for a 60 page script that is actually happening in one scene or section. And then when I realized like the first day happens in 164 pages, I was like, Okay, like <laughs> that would be overkill. That is an example <laughs> of me being good and saying I don't need to read all of this to do the analysis and the research for this particular script. Um, and I can totally read it for entertainment at a later point, but not when I have a deadline and like actual work to get done. Yeah. <laughs> it's so much fun how so much th this stuff that helps you writing can be also used just as well to help you avoid writing. Yes. All right. Well, I think we'll have to do another thing about avoiding writing. <laughs> so uh, I think just to sum up, have a goal in mind. Read for you know, looking underneath the covers, you know, take it apart like a watch and uh, don't stall. <laughs> Always helpful advice. All right. Well, with that, I think we'll just say that uh, writing is hard. So take it easy. I'm Mary. And I'm Melissa. Bye, Bye guys. Bye.